Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lindor liftoff, deep right field, Kepler's back, he's out of room, it's out of here, it's a flow ball, hit it out onto the tarp in right field, and Lindor with a two-run homer here in the sixth has put the Indians on top three to two, and boy, is he jacked up. A flow ball, that's that's what we're calling that now, a flow ball, and you hit a home run off the progressive tarp. I don't even want to go there, okay? Like, there's too many things I, I could say that could potentially get me in trouble, <laughs> and they weren't worth it, and so That's I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Well, season's over. I take back everything good I said about the Twins two days ago. Biggest loss of the year. Yes or no? It Let's talk been. about it next. Yeah. Football. We're going to break a baseball game down like it's football. It's also a Write That Down Wednesday on oh. the show today. Mackie and Judd. And uh, let's just say we have changes oh. in the batting average standings. Yeah. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been helping businesses in the state of Minnesota and around the country for over 100 years. And and this is just not the year to be wishy-washy about your insurance company if you're a business owner. Federated has experience and, and, has, help, uh, and has helped countless businesses with everyday challenges and risk management. And also everything from pandemic response plans and HR-related communications if you want to find a full list of industries Federated protects and see if your business matches up, go to federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, Rich has thrown, I think, about three innings this month and we wanted to make sure that uh, as he progresses and builds up that he's fully ready to do it uh, there is a pretty decent chance he's going to go on five days next time out and sending him out there simply to face a, a few more hitters we weren't going to let him go that much further either way I think it was just the wise thing long term football all right we got write that down we got Bobby Marks Coming up shortly here with some reckless Timberwolves speculation. At least we're going to drag him into it. Yep. I'm assuming he's a willing participant, oh, he'll as do he it. always been. Oh, but, yeah. He'll do it. But we'll dive in. We got it. But let's start, as usual, by breaking a baseball game down football. like it's football. All right. I know I said that uh, the season was over off the top of the show there, but uh, I kid. I jest. Because I actually think the biggest takeaway from last night is Rich Hill. And even though he sputtered early and he was dropping... You have non-FCC friendly words loudly in an empty stadium. And grunting. And uh, grunting uh, aggressively and just laboring uh, and doing all the things that old 40-year-old near broken down Rich Hill does. 
he winds up grinding his way for five innings, one earned run. He strikes out five in the five innings. He looked sharper as the start went along. And so I know they got beat last night, but I don't think Shane Bieber was ever supposed to lose to Rich Hill coming off of missing most of the year to this point. Yeah. And so I actually, I know that you're probably not feeling this way, but I actually take mostly positive out of yesterday because of Rich Hill. The Rich Hill uh, dynamic uh, for sure is positive. And in in fact, if you go back to when they had Ramirez picked off first base and Sano threw the ball into left field, if he makes a good throw there, he pitches a five and gives up no runs. So I've spent the last um, 12 hours or so processing this loss and the many different feelings that this loss gave me. And I'm going to tell you... I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the appropriate um, (laughs) accompaniment to play because, and I was going back and forth on text last night with our guy, uh, Jake DePew, who I do the Score North Twin show with a lot, and he brought up a really good point, and the more I thought about it, he's exactly right, right or wrong, but with where the Twins stand right now, this was clearly deemed going into that game I think because of the guy that they were starting against and because they had won game one and because the Twins are in you know great shape playoff-wise, this was a disposable game. Like, you could take your chances here. And Rich Hill, and I think the thought process by the Twins going into last night was, okay, it's Bieber, right, against Rich Hill, who's not really pitching much. And I still, I still stand by my, Phil, contention that Rich Hill is being ramped up to the playoffs. So like I don't For think sure. I don't think there's this large worry about oh my god he didn't pitch well against the Brewers we're going to take him out of the rotation or oh my god he's pitching well against Bieber so now let's throw him into the sixth or seventh this is actually his spring training is what's, what's exactly exactly but but no. I have I have condoned that since day one so I think that this was deemed by the Twins not in the fifth last night but actually before the game started as a somewhat disposable game that they didn't expect to win. And I think they acted like it. And because there are 16 teams going to the playoffs, this is going to sound weird, but the approach that you might take to an NBA or a hockey game is sort of the approach that the Twins took to this game. They did, and it's a good point you bring up there. It doesn't count in the good point standings, but it counts for your ego. uh, That if this was an act... ego after those ice cream bars last night. Wow. Two ice cream bars. Two ice cream bars, your, eh? Your ego is inflated after ice eating cream. ice cream? I'm, the whole Zolgat experience inflated oh, right now. all of Zolgat Like normal size, inflated. too? Not, were, they, were they large? Are they small? Normal size. Normal size. Two Kemp's bars. Good. Wow. Did you, did you go in expecting have to eat two Kemp's bars, too. or did you eat the first one you were like, all right. I need a second. Oh, yeah. It's always that. <laughs> it's always, uh, I want one. Hold on a second. One's not good enough. You know, I always do. I get those little mini, are they pints? I don't know, these little like things of ice cream that you find, just, you know, oh, like sure. the individual things. Yeah. And I, I get the dairy-free ones because sure. of lactose issues. And I always say, I'm gonna, I'll eat half of it tonight, and then I'll eat half of it tomorrow. That never happens. I just eat the whole thing. Why would you go dainty? In terms of dairy-free or the smaller? The smaller. Uh, just the dairy-free is smart. I don't have self-control. No, I know, but sweets. I mean, you, you should just upfront. <laughs> Once you start to eat sweets, you're basically done. But that's why you have to buy the small ones. If you buy the small ones, if well, you don't have self control, it's like that's why I don't have eight bags of Doritos in my house. Oh, that was because yes. I love Doritos. But what I'm saying, but if what I had I'm, eight bags of Doritos, I agree I'd eat with them you. All. But if you are going to uh, carve out a night or a time to say, I've got a sweet tooth, you can't then say, but I'll have half of this sweet. Like once, once you commit, you commit. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm finding, it's like I'm a finding break, that. It's like a breaking ball <laughs> that's diving down, and you've committed to try to hit that SOB. You can't like be like, I'm going to check that's my swing true. now. Yeah, I feel like... That's my thought on ice cream I feel bars. like Miguel Sano when he was slumping, just yeah. check swinging you're, and everything. You're, you're Eddie Rosario on the first pitch. The <laughs> you, are, you are swinging away. My Doesn't eyes matter. are closed. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. So uh, back to the point that you were making, the great point you were making, which is if this was an actual game that the Twins cared about last night, and they, I mean, they cared about it, but they didn't care about it on the level of like, we have to win this game. Right. If this was a playoff game last night, so Rich Hill goes five, you may have sent him out for a sixth. He only pitched 78 innings, but I think like he's, he's kind of a five, six inning guy. He's not a guy that's going to go eight innings into a game. He is who he is at this point. Your first reliever out of the gate in a close game in which you are leading two to one I know going. is not Jorge Alcala. Correct. Although I think Jorge Alcala and the stuff he's been throwing this season, and he's mostly been used in, like he's not being used in one run game against Cleveland situations until last night. And, uh, and, and, and he got fed a dose last night by uh, the only three hitters that matter in the Cleveland lineup. Mm-hmm. So I think if you had an actual like will to win that game last night, Duffy would have been used, although he hasn't been used in three or four days now. So maybe been, there's another story three, there. It's been three days. And Sean Poppin doesn't come in in a close game, even no. if you're down. Like He's not coming in in a close game in that spot. I'm with you. So I, I think your Football. assessment's pretty spot. And you know what? I can't really quibble here. Like, I can't sit sit here and say, that's a terrible approach. I would like to see Duffy throw, but not because of last night. I would just like to see him throw, period. Like, I'm beginning to get a little bit perplexed here. Uh, But, yeah, this was the most important thing last night, I think, was what could Rich Hill give you? And what he gave you now was, and they're going to, I think, do this again it was good enough to say, Rich, thank you. We appreciate your effort. Here are some mothballs. We're going to put you in those mothballs for five to eight more days, and then we will ha- have you pitch again. But, yeah, I, I think the Rich Hill thing to me is the most important potential build up to October. Another positive for Rich Hill last night. So uh, Lucas Giolito threw a new no-hitter for the White Sox, and he had the second most swings and misses in any no-hitter in history. He had 30 swings and misses out of 100 pitches last night, yep. which is nuts. Like To give you some context, in a standard start, if you throw around 90 or 100 pitches, if you're pushing 20 swings and misses, that's a ridiculous night in the major leagues. 30 swings and misses, it's pretty obvious why he gave up no hits to a bad Pirates lineup. So Rich Hill is not on that level when it comes to swings and misses. He gets a lot of called strikes when he gets strikeouts because of that big looping breaking ball. Some hitters just freeze. By the way, I love that breaking ball. It's awesome. That's fun to and watch. And then he'll and then he'll sneak fastballs when hitters might be sitting on breaking ball. He'll sneak that ninety mile an hour fastball in when he's on. Yep. But I believe I saw he came into the night last night with only like three swinging strikes on the season. He had six last night. So Bravo. He wasn't Lucas Giolito, but he had six swinging strikes last night out of seventy eight pitches. Which all right, it's not. You know, you're, you're you're not Randy Johnson in the late 90s, but it's a step. He struck out five. Can I get, give you the miles per hour and pitches for those for those five strike threes? Football. Because this is so much fun. So he didn't strike out a guy until the third when, when he got to Delano DeShields Jr., all right? 74.2 mile per hour curveball. He followed it, that, that up by striking out Domingo Santana. In the fourth, 74-mile-per-hour curveball, all right? Then he gets Perez on, hold on a second, wait for it, an 89.1-mile-per-hour four-seam fastball. 
just reaching back. And then reaching back. And then he strikes out um two more to shields again, seventy four mile per hour curveball. And uh, Cesar Hernandez, who I believe was the last guy that he struck out, same exact thing. So four of his five strikeouts came on that looping, sloppy. Yeah. I absolutely love watching him pitch curveball. Yeah, he uh, he's he's fun to watch for a bunch of reasons. The curveball, his angst, like he is so hard on himself. Yes, he he. Well, the grunting last night was. Uh, it's fun to watch because you can hear like every. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the biggest one, I can't remember which batter it was, but I think it was a right-handed batter, and it was a full count, and he tried to drop the hammer breaking ball, and he just left it like he threw it. Oh, it, yeah. it was so bad, he it was it didn't even hit the top of the strike zone. Yeah. So he throws this big looper that's supposed to <laughs> yeah. break like into the bottom of the zone, and it missed high, and, and he walks toward the catcher, and just at the top of his lungs, drops a GD, just, ah, ah, and of course, there's... Nothing preventing you from hearing it. So my wife last night was working on a work project just like with headphones in. And I don't know if she was listening to anything, but but he yells that and she looks up at me like, what? What just ha- like? Oh, she heard it? What happened? I was like, oh, uh, Rich Hill just gets, he's just a little bit hard on himself. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Um, Football. Here's one more for you. Yep. How does it make you guys feel that the Twins got to Shane Bieber last night? The Twins got to Shane Bieber last night. They did. And he still goes six innings and gives up only two runs and strikes out ten. That is getting to Shane Bieber. When you yes. when he goes six innings, strikes out ten, allows only four hits, mm-hmm. and you get two runs off of him. I mean, that's why if you if, you, if you're going to face this guy either down the stretch or in a playoff game at some point, you need to win the game two to one or three to two. Yeah, and so he he didn't pitch well for him at first. Got stronger. Um, it. <laughs> It makes me feel good, I guess, if I'm the Twins, that, that I do think that compared to their approach in the game at Target Field, their approach improved, and they and they um, they spit on his pitches a little bit more because he can really get to you quickly that, that way, and he didn't last night. That makes me feel good. Uh, the fact that for at least the first two innings of that game, he looked so shaky, and the final pitching line, is four hits, two runs, three walks, and 10 Ks and six does not make me feel great. But did you guys see his career at home compared to the road and how much different that career has been so Mm. far? Uh, So he was going into last night at home, 11 and 8, with a 4.17 ERA in 28 games and 27 starts, okay? On the road, 20 and 5, the ERA goes from 4.17 at home to 2.83 in 32 games, 31 starts. Mm. So he is actually far more statistically impressive away from Cleveland than in Cleveland. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's also kind of a small sample size because he's only been yeah. a bigly pitcher for a couple of years. But, but he's so damn good when yeah. he's good that I'm surprised that the ERA is that much different in the home ballpark compared to the road ballparks. Um, because we have to get to Bobby Marks here pretty soon. Is I, I do have some reckless trade speculation with the trade deadline. Can I apologize for one days. thing quickly? Yeah. I'd like to apologize here. Nelson Cruz, I'm really, really sorry. So I got home yesterday after our conversation, and Patrick also brought this up on his appearance on the show, about could Nelson Cruz become the first exclusive full-time DH in the history of baseball to win the American League MVP? And I got home, and I'm like, I'm I'm going to write that. That's pretty good. I mean, there there seems to be a good chance he's coming off a 
outstanding couple of games. He hit the big home run on um, on uh, Monday night in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to write this. I wrote it, published it right before the game. 0 for 4, <laughs> three strikeouts. Oops. It's my fault. Uh-oh. I'd like to apologize. Whoopsie. I'd like to apologize to everybody involved. It's all my fault. Take the column down. Take the column down. No. Or write, write one ripping him today for not being able to live up to the hype of being why a top did MVP I, candidate. Why did I write this? I could write that. Why did I write this about Nelson Cruz? Is it possible Nelson Cruz can't live up to the pressure of being an MVP candidate? This is, why, this is why he's bounced around. Actually, you know what? Nick Faldo said something brilliant during the PGA Championship final round a couple weeks back. Yeah. Sir Nick Faldo. He said, some of these young golfers, they, uh, they love to be noticed. But they don't love to be watched. Oh wow! You want to be no? You want to? You want to build up your career? You want to be? Hey, like give that. me the credit I deserve. Right. But then when you get to that level, and you're watched, now people are watching you. Can you live up for the pressure? They don't like the spotlight. Oh, cool. Maybe Nelson Cruz doesn't like the spotlight. That's a great observation oh, by Nick Bell. I love that. Hello, friend. Oh. All right. Here it is. Reckless speculation. Did you see what happened last night? Trade deadline's five days oh, away. Oh, the Reds. The Cincinnati Reds. I feel like we should have a again. Reds update sounder for this week. What would that even sound like? Do they have like a theme song or something? Like, we do like Code Red. Do we have like a Code Red soundbite or something? I'm hmm. sure like there has to be something Just an there. explosion sound because they're falling Code apart. Red. Compl- yeah. Code Red. Code Red. The Cincinnati Reds. It really, it's not that tall of a task when you have two of the best pitchers in baseball, Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer to be one of eight playoff teams in the National League. Really, the bar is very low for yep. what you have to do here. You literally have to finish, like, slightly below 500. And the league sucks, so... It's bad. The National League's not good. There's, like, three decent teams in the National League. I mean, the Miami Marlins are three games above 500, for God's sakes. And the Cincinnati Reds have now lost four games in a row. They, they <laughs> all season, have deemed themselves, we're, the, we're this feisty underdog team. We're going to be a playoff team. So they are 11 and 17, five days before the trade deadline. They've lost two games to the Brewers this week. Mm-hmm. They have four games looming with the Chicago Cubs, who are the second best team in the National League. I was going to say, the Brewers are no great shakes themselves. And to, the Cubs are good. To this point, they have said we are not going to put Trevor Bauer on the trade block. Sonny Gray is probably more of a, like, they, they're probably just going to keep him at this point because it's, it's a longer term contract. But Trevor Bauer is a free agent at the end of the year. And the Reds are six games under 500. Minus 14 run differential. There's nothing fluky about It's not like, oh, it's a good team off to a slow start. It's the Reds. You guys, put Trevor Bauer they on the trade block. They got Mike Moustakis now. I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Reckless speculation. Put him on the trade block. So Make it happen. So they will trade Bauer if what? They win one game? No games? Well, I'm not asking what you would do. What, I'm, I'm saying, but it's the they, Reds. What, what are they doing? What are they hoping for? They're delusional. They, they li- what, what more can I say? They're delusional. Like, we're not dealing. They're, they're that's why I'm trying to get you to guess. So, so here's the standings right now. They're going to ride them to the last day of the season and hope they make the, the eight-team playoff in the National League. So the Giants right now, after a walk-off win last night, the Giants are in the eight-seed position at 15 and 16. God, the Giants don't, the Giants don't want to be there. Bail out, Giants. The Reds, the Reds are two and a half games back of the Giants, but... They're also behind five other teams. Yeah. They have to climb over five teams just to get to actually they have to climb over six teams to get the eighth seed. I agree with you. They should trade Trevor Bauer. I just don't they're delusional, so I have no confidence in what they're gonna do. <laughs> we have more. Declan just texted Reckless us before the show. Speculation. Go ahead, Declan. Yeah, Jim Bowden 
has the Twins uh, as a move for every AL Central team, and he actually has the Twins trading for Boston Red Sox pitcher Matt Barnes, another electric reliever who's having a down year so far in a shortened season, but was one of the nastier relievers and could be another bullet in the bullpen for the Twins. Interesting. So Matt Barnes is one of the biggest strikeout relievers in all the baseball. In 2019, get this, Matt Barnes pitched 64 and a third innings. He struck out 110 batters in 64 and a third innings. What's he going to cost me? Uh, he was. It was a lower grade. He was a top 30 prospect. It wasn't anyone in the top 10. He's a free agent after next year. So you'd be getting a year and a yeah, half that's of the type a of trade they would make. reliever. Yeah, I, I could d- see that. I don't think Matt Barnes is necessarily automatically better than Tyler Duffy or Taylor Rogers when he's on. But he would supplement but he's your bullpen. for sure one of your three best relievers. And they could use the help. The he's, depth he's would definitely right-handed. help them out. Uh, Josh Winder, minor league right-hander Josh okay. Winder. Yeah, yeah that, that trade has that? to happen. Yeah. For, you for well, sure I actually know it doesn't have to happen. It'd be nice if it happened. Though it doesn't have to they happen. Should, do it. it for sure has to happen. They should do I'm it. I'm going to tell you reckless speculation. Right now I jumped on the uh, conference call that they did with Derek Falvey yesterday. The Twins did. And um, can I give you a quick pie chart of probability of a Twins trade? Sure. All right. After hearing... And, you know, Falvey keeps the uh, cards close to the vest, so I'm not saying that this is all basically take-it-to-the-bank stuff. But after surmising from what Derek said, the pie chart of probability of a Twins trade by Monday's 3 p.m. deadline, 90% they will not make a trade. Really? 90% they're not going to make a trade. And I'm going to tell you why at the end of this pie chart. 5% that if they do make a trade, it is for pitching. All right? So 5%. I'm going 90% no trade, 5% for pitching, 3% it's for a bat, which I'm pretty convinced there's no chance there. All right? 2%, so this completes the 100% that if they do make a trade, it's going to be with a uh, player to be named who's not on the prospect list in St. Paul, and it's going to be announced in December, which probably means it's not going to be a big trade. Um, zero percent that they get give up a top prospect. I can tell you right now, they're not going to give up Rooker, Larnick, Kirilov, Lewis, I that type that. of guy. I do agree with that. This year, I, I'm not saying that they won't ever do it, but they're not going to do it this year. And and one hundred percent because I can already confirm it happened that the odds are very good. Monday at three thirty nine p.m. or so, we are going to be told you don't understand. We made a trade. Look at who we're getting back from the injury list. Josh Allenson. Yep, they're gonna. They've all. You know what? But they've already pointed actually, to that, and it's not. It's not entirely wrong. I'm, but fans hate that. I think. Well, I think it's just. It's about the framing of it. I don't. Like, it, do you want to call Derek and help him two, out with that? Two things are true here. Thing number one is Josh Donaldson coming off the injured list. If the calf is fully right, is a huge addition for the Twins. That is a fact. If he's healthy, that's yeah. a fact. But the second thing that's a fact is that doesn't make up for like. That doesn't replace or make fans or anyone feel good about like a potential trade that could be on the table that helps your team. The three guys so. they're going to point to when they don't make a trade on Monday are Donaldson, Byron Buxton, and pitching-wise, Michael Pineda. They're going to point to those three and say, we couldn't have gotten those three in a trade if we had wanted to, so they're actually some of the best acquisitions of the deadline. So here is, real quick, in our in our last minute before we get to our guy Bobby Marks for some, we're going to jump from reckless twin speculation to reckless wolf speculation here in a second. 
Why I like the idea of a Matt Barnes trade. I, w- I wish he was left-handed. If he was left-handed, it'd be even more of a no-brainer because really, like, Taylor Rogers is your only real viable lefty unless you feel good about Thielbar. Okay. And I don't know if I do yet. I don't feel bad about Thielbar, but I don't, I don't know how Depends I on the situation very yeah. much with Thielbar. But you're probably going to need another lefty in here at some point. So, but so here's yep. my thought. Once you get to the postseason, because that's what this is all about. This is not about, like, winning the division. It's about postseason. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to have 12 or 13 pitchers on your postseason roster. Probably probably 13. Okay. Maeda, Barrios, Dobnak as your three main starters right now with Rich Hill kind of, we'll see. Odorizzi, we'll see. Pineda. But I think you can take your six starting pitchers and three of them are starting, but the other three are just ready to eat innings when needed. Like if the first guy goes down, it's almost a handcuff situation. All right, Barrios, you're handcuffed to Odorizzi today. If you struggle in the first inning, you're gone, and Odorizzi's coming in to take your place. Like, just have six guys that can give you four or five innings if needed. Sure. Just your best six long-form pitchers. And then you've got, so now we need uh, seven other guys, all right? Rogers, when he's on, lights out. Duffy, lights out. May, very good. Romo has been excellent. Clippard, when he comes back from injury. So that's five. I need two more guys. Ideally, there's a lefty in there, so maybe Thielbar has to be the other guy. But if there's another spot open, and it's between like like Alcala, I don't know if he'd be ready for that spotlight in the postseason, especially right. if I've got like Odorizzi and Pineda in reserve. Yeah, and then okay, what about Zach Littell? I'm good on him. Sean Poppin, I'm good on him. By Cody good Stashak, on him, you mean not being on the roster? Yep, I'm good on Cody Stashak not being on that roster. Hmm. Devin Smeltzer doesn't need to be on that roster. If if you can trade for Matt Barnes and put him in this group. Right, that's a that's a lights out bullpen. He goes that can in, miss bats. So if you do make the trade for Barnes, he goes into that A group of guys. Then because your A group is Duffy, Rogers, May, Romo, let's say Barnes, like that's the group that, that if your pitcher gets you through five, you feel yep. comfortable starting to roll with in the sixth. Yep. Imagine without question. Imagine a five inning. I'm with that. Kenta Maeda start against the Yankees or whoever. Like yes. he grinds his ass, gives up two runs in five innings, and now you got to shut him down. Yep. You can allow one more run in the next four innings. Yep. And you go Matt Barnes, strike out Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. You go, you know, some combination of like May or Romo into Duffy into Rogers. Yeah. You have you now have a five a four or a five inning bridge of strikeout relievers. And if you, you lose, you lose then, but you don't question it. Mm-hmm. Reckless I shouldn't speculation. Say reckless question speculation. It, but, yeah, we question it regardless. Let's actually roll right from reckless twins trade speculation to reckless Timberwolves trade speculation. Judd Zolgad. Reckless speculation. Might not be reckless, Phil. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. He also makes regular appearances on uh, on Doogie's Scoop podcast, including this week. And so you can find uh, that on scorenorth.com. Bobby Marks, thanks for joining the show, man. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. We're doing all right, and it was it was unexpected. I think when the when the Wolves landed, when Flip Saunders was still here, and they landed the number one pick with, with Carl Anthony Towns, um, that was expected because they were the worst team in the NBA, and the lottery at that time was more favorable to uh, to their odds. Nobody had any expectations this time around because the Timberwolves have just kind of become an afterthought during COVID with all the other leagues firing up. And so they're sitting on the number one overall pick. Our first question to you before we just pepper you with potential uh, names and options is, how valuable do you think the number one overall pick is this year compared to a normal year or other years? Well, it's it's not as valuable as it was last year. (laughs) I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's 
Yeah, I mean, it's different when you have Zion or John Moran or when Carl Anthony Towns or, um, you know, some of these. There's not a marquee franchise player right now. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, Ten five years from now, there might be one developed, but there's you know there's not a, a not a player identified as kind of a, a franchise build your team around um, around your player. But you know even so, um, it just gives Minnesota a lot of different options. I mean, I think that's when you control the number one pick, and then you have seventeen thirty three. It gives you you know a lot of options if you want to move back in the draft. If there's a player, an established player out there to, to go out and, and target. Um, you know, certainly you can keep the pick and, you know, they're going to have enough time to evaluate all those decisions with, uh, you know, the draft likely being moved back from October to who knows, maybe November or December here. So, um, it just, it just gives you a lot of flexibility, something that they didn't have before, um, you know, before the night of the lottery. Who do you think that, uh, the Wolves are calling first? So if you get this top pick and then start to make calls, what teams make the most sense, do you think, in this uh, scenario, Bobby, to call first? Well, I mean, I think, well, the first I want to, you, you know, you're certainly you're meeting with your scouts and you're figuring out, all right, how much is there, how much is there separation from, let's say, number one and, let's say, number eight, right? Mm-hmm. So is there, um, is there a big difference? Um, I think, you know, you can make an argument that there's not a drastic difference. Uh, this is a, um, you know, I think it's, a, I think it's actually a good draft. It's just not top heavy in, uh, in, in town here. So in that case, so if you're looking at teams like New York, maybe, um, who have, you know, a couple first future first round picks, they have from the Mavericks, they have the eighth pick, they have a, a group of young players. I mean, those are, th- those are type of things that you would be um, you, that you would be looking at as far as you know moving back in the draft if it makes sense to um, you know to, to build up uh, your you know your assets and in, in, in your draft pick so I think that's probably going to be the big internal uh, discussion as far as what is the separation from you know a guy like LaMelo ball to Tyrese Halberton from Iowa State right I mean I you know I think LaMelo is probably the number one guy right now but if you can pick up you know, two draft assets and maybe an established player um, down the road. I mean, I think that's the same with a team like Atlanta, who's, I think they're at six. Um, you know, they've got a decision to make with John Collins, you know, so how does John Collins fit with Carl Anthony Town? So the, you know, those are a lot of the different things that you'll be discussing in, internally here as far as the stay or to move back. And I think the goal is if, if you can, if you can try to upgrade the roster and also get maybe another draft pick, um, I think that's probably worth the direction you try to look at. Uh, you can follow Bobby Marks on Twitter, by the way, at Bobby Marks 42 uh, ESPN NBA front office insider. Um, is there, is there any reason after what the Suns did eight and in the bubble and what Devin Booker did, is there any reason to make that phone call with like four years left on his contract? Yeah. I mean, I think you make the phone. Yeah. I mean, you make the phone call at all <clears throat> 29 teams, no matter what happened in, or, uh, in Orlando and them going eight and oh. And I think you just, you have to do your, <clears throat> you have to do your due, due, uh, due diligence and usually just kind of keep a notebook of what you, um, proposed and what they said. And you kind of maybe circle back a year from now. You, you never know. But yeah, I would think that Devin, um, is probably off the table, um, you know, in any type of deal, just because of what is left on his contract, you know, especially how they played there. Um, they're probably looking to build off that, not really kind of tear down and, um, 
you know, build through the draft. I mean, they've been doing that for the last 10 years. Um, and I don't think that's kind of probably be the direction they're going to go. Exactly. So what, so as far as um, potential young stars go, who you think might be available on the market, who the Wolves could possibly flip this pick for and possibly more, where do you think that starts realistically? I mean, is is a guy like Simmons in Philadelphia uh, a guy that you could uh, potentially try and make a phone call on and trade for, or is that probably uh, shooting too high for uh, Ben Simmons? Yeah, I mean, probably too high, especially listening to what Elton Brand, uh, their general manager, said yesterday, and I, and I kind of agree with Ellen said, is that you probably want to coach in place um, you know, for at least a year to figure out what direction you go with, uh, with Simmons and, and Joel and B, especially with Ben. I mean, he hasn't even started that rookie, rookie extension yet. And he's got another five years, but as I said, you always, it doesn't hurt making the calls. I mean, the worst thing they can do is just hang up on you. Usually, <laughs> usually that doesn't happen all the time, but you never know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's looking at teams like, you know, where's Brooklyn, right? I mean, they're, you know, they're going to have to go out and pay Joe Harris. I think Harris Levert's probably untouchable, but it's just calling teams as far as figuring out what's Washington going to do with Bradley Beal. Um, it's trying to, um, you know, trying to find help for um, for Carl and, and, and D'Angelo uh, Russell. I mean, you kind of just go through, you know, the list of um, you know list of twenty nine teams. I always say there's always a team or multiple teams out there that um, who have been eliminated from the playoffs or maybe thought they were a little bit better and are in a lottery and. And, and think that you know by changing the uh, the pieces around it will help. Um, certainly, we'll see what happens in Sacramento. I think you know certainly Buddy Heels' contract's a little bit rich for you, and I don't think he's worth the number one pick. But um, you know those are just you know those are just the you know you kind of just go through the checklist of, uh, of of different names, and eventually you kind of get to a decision where hey, we're keeping this pick. Um, or maybe we you know we'll we'll take somebody, and then maybe down the road we we uh, we look to move. You, you you mentioned Bradley Beal's name, and it's amazing. Like it, it feels like he's been in, I mean he's been in the league for like almost a decade. I want to say like eight or nine years, but he's not that old. He's only twenty six or twenty seven, and and he had his his breakout offensive season in terms of uh, just scoring. He scored thirty points a game for the first time. And I I look at him, Bobby, and I think, man, I get I get Washington not wanting to let go of the John Wall Bradley Beal thing because it's never fully come to fruition, and there's. They definitely feel like there's an unwritten story there. But I look at Bradley Beal and think he is just begging inside for a change of scenery and would probably play better defense at his next stop. And I just wonder to what degree is Washington hell bent on trying one more time with that backcourt versus, you know, uh, either either settling for uh, the Wolves number one overall pick and hitting the reset button or some kind of a three way trade that gets them a different player just to shake things up. But Bradley Beal's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean he just he signed that extension, um, you know, last uh, off season, so he's locked in for a few more years here. And you're right. I mean it's, and I wrote about it. It's like you know, you, I guess if you're if you're the front office, you do want to see where that you know where John Wall's health wise. I mean John hasn't played since um, December of 2018. Yeah. Um, kind of pairing those two together, and then you've got some young young pieces. But you will probably get a point uh, at a point in the road that you will have to make a decision here if this does not if this does not work out. Where are, are the Wolves at in your mind, too, just as far as, you know, they've got Cat uh, now, they've got Russell now. How close is this team to being not a championship contender, certainly, but but just a contender for a playoff spot? 
Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the challenge, right? I mean, the West is so, and, I, and I've said it, it's like the West is so unforgiving, right? Like, I mean, you look at, you know, Dallas was a lottery team, and then you get Luka, and now they're back in the playoffs, right? And then Golden State is going to be in the mix, you know, certainly will be in a probably top four, top five um, next year. That's, you know, that's the challenge that Gerson is faced with, right? It's like you cannot be content just because you go out and get D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline now. Like, all right, what is next? How do we... You know, how do we get a, an, a, another player, an established player, to play? You know, play with them. You know, what do we do with Malik Beasley and and Wancho Hernan Gomez in, in free agency? What you know, what are our what are our, our options with some of our own players here? So, I think another year with certainly with with uh, with Ryan helps, um, and I I think you're probably you'll be up there where. You know, I think the goal is to try to get where you know San Antonio is now, where maybe New Orleans is now, where. Um, um, Sacramento is now um, where you're not kind of buried down in, in that basement because once you get down there, I mean, it's hard to kind of come up. And I think you know, having one, having 17 and I mean, 17 and 33 are two good picks too. And I think that's another option for them as far as can we get into the lot into the top 15 of the lottery if it makes sense there. And um, the, the one thing I know about Gerson, and I've known him a long time, is and I think you see him this year is like he's not content with what the roster is or was. Um, when you turn over and, and basically, I think Carl and Josh are the only two guys yeah. when he took over that he is going to keep on trying um, until you know the last uh, stone is unturned to try to figure this out. I've got last thing for you. I've got one more Ben Simmons related question. And that sure. if if it were yeah. me running the 76ers, and that would be a huge mistake by the ownership, but if it were me running the 76ers, <laughs> I would tend to to lean toward keeping Ben Simmons just because I, yeah. I know it's sort of ironic and that he's the one that's injured right now. But I think the durability is probably less of a question with him. Um, but let's say they decide, all right, are we just we've got to shop one of these guys. It's just not going to work, and we just we just need a, a change here. How do three team trades generally work? Because I think if Philadelphia were to part ways with let's let's say it's Ben Simmons, I don't think it would just be all right. Well, uh, Timberwolves, we'll take your number one overall pick and go back into a pseudo rebuild. You would probably have to ship the number one pick to a third team. Third team sends yeah. a, a, an established player to the Sixers, and then Ben Simmons comes to the Wolves. When three teams trade, when three team trades happen, how does that generally work? Yeah, I mean, well, it, it starts with the initial call. I mean, if it's between Minnesota and Philadelphia, and then, you know, Philadelphia saying, well, no, I don't like the number one pick, you know, find me a team, you know, find me a third team as far as, and what, and you kind of have a list of players that you're looking for, or the Sixers are looking for. It's kind of like a big jigsaw puzzle, right? I mean, it's like you just throw all the pieces down, and then you, eventually they try to, you try to line them up here. And I've been part of a lot of, different three-team, four-team trades here. It gets complex. Um, I always say it's kind of like a house of cards, right? You kind of build it up, and then you pull one out, and the whole thing falls. But, yeah, that's – I mean, that's that's kind of how you how you look at it. It's basically you're kind of doing the homework for the other team um, as far as if you're shopping one and if it's, it's that third team there. So, um, you know, Simmons is – you're right. I mean, if I was Elton Brand and if, if I had to make a choice between Simmons and Embiid – um, I would not trade Ben Simmons. I would probably look to trade um, Embiid just because I, I value. I'm probably less off of Embiid. I value what Simmons can do on a defensive end. Certainly a big, I mean, huge guard here, um, and what you know what the future kind of holds for him. Yeah, Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby Marks, forty two on Twitter, and we appreciate your insight, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Man. All right. Um, 
Here's the de- here it is. I got the trade after what he just said. Oh boy. Reckless. John Collins. We're going after John Actually, Collins. I now? love the John Collins idea. John Collins Third has been year. thrown around a lot by him, Doogie. Power forward uh-huh. that can shoot some threes, grabs rebounds. Like uh-huh. just yeah. imagine having two big men that just both can sit outside and shoot from twenty feet and get inside and grab rebounds. Because like your roster would just be five dudes who can all shoot threes. All right. So here, here's what I, that would be a great trade. Okay. But in terms of a three way deal, the 76ers. So I love the Ben Simmons idea. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think they're gonna trade him. But this is as available as he has probably been because of just everything that's gone stagnant and wrong in Philadelphia. Sure. And they're gonna have a new coach coming in, and the front office is being shaken up. They're not gonna want the number one pick because they don't want to rebuild. They right. they want to reload. Yeah, they've trusted the process long enough. Yes. Yep. So uh, I would call up Washington and I would say, all right. You guys are a disaster. John Wall hasn't played in two years. You guys need the number one pick. Like, I know it's it, it hurts to hear that, but you guys need the number one overall pick. We will give you the number one overall pick and even the number 17 pick. You guys can have those things. Okay. In return, you will send Bradley Beal, who can shoot threes. Ben Simmons cannot. You'll send Bradley Beal to Philadelphia. So, if, so now Philadelphia can have Joel Embiid inside, dominating big man, and Bradley Beal outside shooting threes, and you can have that inside-outside combination. The problem with Philadelphia is they get too stagnant and they get too... They get, right. They're too reliant on shots inside of 15 feet and everything gets and bogged ben down, And Ben Simmons right? can't shoot threes, yeah. And Ben Simmons comes to the Timberwolves. Wait, hold on a second. I thought you said it... W- so you just basically... speculation! So when, when you make the phone call to these teams, do you tell them you will do this? Yes, I take charge. Like, that is the... like They're, they're like, but we don't want to. And you're like, no, you no. will do this. No, I once completed a four-team trade in a fantasy baseball league. I told everyone what they were getting and said, is everyone good with this? And they said, oh, this is great. For So I get this guy and I well, give up these What type of two. owners are these? These are great owners, but I did the work. You got to do the work for everyone. I know Declan was just answering the phone. I told Judd, I once completed and facilitated a four-team fantasy baseball trade. That's absurd. You, t- you got to do homework for hey. everyone else. That's what Bobby Mark said. You're, you're a GM, clearly. And, yep. uh, so, I'm I'm s- so I'm sending the first and the 17 okay, to so Washington. Okay, so you got Ben Simmons. I'm sending Bradley Beal from Washington to Philadelphia, yep. and I'm sending Ben Simmons to the Timberwolves to complete the newest, youngest, big wow. three. And Washington and the Sixers have no say in, in this trade, other than the fact that they will send their players to the they new teams. Not. No, but I think they would welcome they would welcome a 30 points per game outside sniper to work with Joel Embiid. I on do the think I'm telling you, Gerson being Gerson, I do think he trades that pick. I, I really do. do. I really don't think there's much chance that he's going to make that pick. Reckless speculation. Which is fine. It into my veins. Yes. Which is absolutely. That was that was as reckless as you could possibly be because it was not only reckless by nature, but it was also you basically mandated trades. That's correct. So like it's yeah. reckless, and your and your as uh, Chili used to say, imposing your will. Hey, for sometime this week, maybe uh, maybe tomorrow. So our old intern Duncan Duncan Goldberg sent me a great proposed trade for the Timberwolves. Oh wow! He DM'd me yesterday. He's like, "All right, he loves the reckless world. speculation. Cool. What do you think of this?" So I'll bring that up either tomorrow or Friday. Let's do it. But we got to get to write that down. Predictions. Reckless speculation. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. 
Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> it's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. You like that? You like that? Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Welcome to the most exciting segment in sports talk, where the hosts make predictions and hold each other accountable. The only show in the country that does this here on Mackie and Judd. Declan producing, and we have three guest listener predictors. We've got Nick, we've got Andy, we've got Brian, so we'll get to those guys. And here's how Write That Down works. Every single week, each of us make three predictions. They must be quantifiable it's the Carl Anthony Towns will be the man rule that was instituted about five years ago. After you said that. Yeah, my prediction was quite simply, by the end of the year, Carl Anthony Towns will be the man. <laughs> I don't know how you came up with that. Uh, we keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to participate, you can actually just DM me on Twitter. And, and I, I'm a week behind. I will get back to those of you who have DM'd me. We will get you in the mix and get you part of this, making your predictions. Uh, so we'll get to the batting averages at the end of the exercise. But first, let's get to an accountability session. Write that down. Judd, you're lucky. Nothing came off the board for you. It was a, it was the a, first time it was in a, a while. Bi-week, a bye week for Judd. First time in a while, nothing's come off the board for me. Yeah. Maybe make some predictions that can come off the board this week. Yeah, that'd be nice. I do so, have one. Uh, Dex, don't, you know, just because you had a terrible week, don't get mad at me. That's true. Yeah. I feel like Declan's mood, it, it pretty much goes with the uh, write that down wins. We'll get to his in a second. Jonathan Harrison, last year's batting average champion, said Minnesota United will win their home opener. It took a while to get to the home opener. <laughs> they lost 2-1 to wow. last week. Yeah. Manny Hill had nothing come off the board. Rami had nothing come off the board, although we did hijack his fill-in show. Did you guys know he's filling in right now, too? Yes, as yeah. We do this Phil podcast? Michaels, yeah. yeah. The regular fill-in now. Good for him. We should hijack again. I think we should. Kind of funny. <laughs> At some point in time, he might get PO'd. <laughs> yeah, I think... Which Maybe the fine. first the first time was enough, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. So I told you guys Kenta Maeda would allow three earned runs or more in his next outing. I had no faith that he would bounce back from the high pitch count, and I was wrong. I was wrong. He was he was pretty good, although he wasn't great. Rocco as, foiled as your plan. Rocco foiled your plan by get, getting him out early. That's what That's happened. True. Yep. I said uh, some for some reason that Byron Buxton <laughs> will play at least fifty five of the sixty games in two thousand twenty. However. I said Jose Barrios, in his next start, would bounce back from a mostly crappy start to the season so far, and he would pitch at least six innings and allow two earned runs or fewer. He did that, and he struck out nine. Jose Barrios is back. Oh, God. The listeners, Teague said Big E will be the universal champion by the end of SummerSlam. Did not happen. That would have been a stretch because he was not involved in the feud that was... uh, Vying for the Universal Championship. Josh said Byron Buxton will have career highs in 2020 in plate appearances and finish top 20 in extra base hits and will win a gold glove. It is not really mathematically possible for him to finish with a career high in plate appearances at this point. So was this a March prediction by Josh? Yes. Okay. Pre-COVID. Yep. A lot of us lost because of that. Took some hacks. Declan, you said Tyler Duffy will pick up a save before Taylor Rogers will. You said Dalvin Cook's contract extension will come by Friday at the latest. And you said Sasha Banks at SummerSlam will turn on her BFF, Bailey. I When she lost the title, I was convinced it was going to happen. They're and teasing it. it. They, They're definitely God. teasing it, but it has not happened yet. Ugh. They are still best friends SOB, and tag dude. team You only partners. got three wrong? Had only three and nothing right, so yeah. Well, only oh. three means that Judd Zolgad yeah. is our yeah. new batting average God. leader. Yeah, Nelly Cruz, MVP, huh? Huh? 
Home runs, average, I do it all. Judd Zolgad with Don't a the 447 batting average with three jacks. He's leading in both categories this season. Declan, 425, still looking for his first home run. He's very Juan Pierre-like, for those of you who get Thank that you. early I 2000s loved Juan I loved Juan Pierre. Ben Revere Stolen might be the Stolen base machine Juan Pierre in my National right. League Rotisserie League. Rami Makloff at 391 with a with a home run. I'm batting 330 with two home runs. Listeners at 260 with a home run. John Harrison, 209 with two home runs. And Manny Hill at 156 with a home Write it down. Run. You like writing things down. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, since our phone lines, we're a little bit worried that we're going to lose everybody here because we have three. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bring Nick in first and let him rifle off three predictions because we know we can handle two on at the same time. So let's get Nick into the mix. Are you ready to take your swings here, Nick? Absolutely. Sports dad, sports Nick, growth, what's, sports up? Yeah. what's up, we man? Miss you, buddy. Good to hear from uh, you. Yeah, man. Very, very excited to be on the highly touted Write That Down. <laughs> Nick, you were born for this moment. You I feel were, like. man. This is all yeah. you this right now. This is great. I didn't realize this the, was our Nick. He's on the job site right now, and he's still on right wow. now. Whoa. Loyalty. Way to go. Loyalty. Oh, yeah. The, the other guys can work. It's, this is a life-changing <laughs> yeah, moment. Screw those guys. <laughs> Write this down. So we're going we're gonna to go against protocol here because of our uh, jam-packed uh, guest list here. We're going to just let you rifle off three consecutive predictions and then get back to your job. Yep, sounds good. All right, let's start off with the good old purple and gold. It's going to be a parlay, so I can hopefully get a, touch them all on this one. So I know BC is kind of solidifying the number two role right now, and Justin Jefferson eventually at the end of the season will get that number two role, but he will finish top three in rookie of the year voting. Ooh. Irv Smith Jr. will finish as a top five um, points per game fantasy tight end, and let's say the website ESPN since they're your affiliate. So sure. that'll be the Vikings one. Okay. So that's a parlay. Those two things yep. are tied together. Okay. Correct. Write this down. Um, okay. I got two Timberwolves ones, but I'm not a fan of the long play, so I'm going to scratch that one out. <laughs> that was going to be, they're going to be reloc- relocated in the next four years, but who cares? Um, <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> Yeah, Glenn's going to sit down with uh, whoever the minority owner is and like he did with Andrew Wiggins and be like, so you're not going to leave Minnesota, right? You promised me. Look me in the eye and tell me you're not going to Seattle. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but um, all right, so they will, as much as they want to get rid of the first pick, I think they are going to keep it. This is also a parlay for the Timberwolves. They're going to keep it and draft draft Anthony Edwards. All right. But they will trade the 17th pick that they got. Oh, look at Nick going with the parlays. I like this. It's good. good. By the way, if you want, you know, we can give you the extra one, and we can we can give you the long play one too. We don't. Oh, okay, yeah. Timberwolves are gone within four years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Seattle's an option. Course, that, Vegas that means is an that option. Our show has to be here in four years, and I mean that's uh, dicey no. too. I think even if we, I think we should commit. If we don't have a show in four years, we'll just call we each will, other. We will still hop on Twitter and acknowledge the write that down standings. Yes. All right, well, write okay, this yeah. down. It lives you on. Guys, it, who's going to outlast who? You guys are Larry Brown. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> last one, gentlemen. Um, I'd hate to do it, but maybe it can somehow reverse the curse. The Minnesota Twins will, at some point this postseason, they will be knocked out by the New York Yankees. Wow, oh, there it is. Buzz Killington coming in. <laughs> Way to go, Nick. Yeah. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? Oh, ends on a high note. Well, Nick, since you have this massive platform here, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that got you to this point? 
Yeah, sure. Let's go with my fellow sport gurus, Justin Price and Weiss Wahidi of the Elite Agency. Go buy a house from that dude. My two uh, daughters, Ava and Harper, I love you. And then my eventual wife to be whenever I make that mistake. Autumn, I love you. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Right. <laughs> Nick, stuff, this Nick. is a great appearance. Appreciate it, man. My sports son, man, coming back with a bang. <laughs> that was a really good appearance. Can I hit drop and not drop the other guys? You here, should Dex? be good, yep. Okay, cool. Yep, we're good. All right, so I'll punch up Andy. Okay. You punch up Brian, and let's see if we can make this magic. Andy, are you with us? Yes, sir. And Brian, are you with us? I am here as well. Awesome. All right. All right we did it. We did hey, it. round of applause for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way to go. Great. I had nothing to do with that technical <laughs> advancement. You should, Big time. You should have seen me with the clock trying to organize all these three phone calls last night at 8 o'clock. I was like, okay, this person will go here. They'll go here. I'll go here. <laughs> He's drawn up on a whiteboard. Yeah, seriously. Right. Seriously. Great. Doing arithmetic. So, okay, let's, uh, let's start with Andy, and then we'll go Brian, and then Judd, Declan, Phil, and we'll go around the room three different times. Andy, are you here to uh, are you here to beat out infield singles today? Or are you here to hit bombs? I think I'm shooting for a 2010 Joe Mauer double season. Oh, I like it. That. Yeah, just you're going to the gap on a consistent little, basis. A little flared on the left right. field line, leg that thing out with a smooth leg first slide into second base. All right, yeah. write this down. We'll start with Andy. So the NFL will not complete a full season due to COVID, but will still complete their playoffs. Interesting. But we'll complete the playoffs. Okay. So, so it, it, it might be that like one team plays 12 games or something, but sure. they go sure. off winning percentage or something. I could see that happening. I like that prediction. It's so hard to make up. Like in baseball, you can play doubleheaders. Yeah. Right. That's, you know what? The NFL should just play doubleheaders. Screw it. Uh, just take some of the crappy teams. Jaguars, sorry, but you're playing, Gardner, you're playing for six hours Eight today. Eight quarters of football yeah. today. <laughs> All right. Over to Brian. Write this down. Well, I'm a, a day late and a dollar short on the Nelson Cruz MVP train. I, I had uh, I had a top five pick for MVP teed up, but uh, with uh, Judd's discussion and blog yesterday, I'm, I'm going to bypass that, and we're going to head up to Edmonton for the NHL bubble, and uh, we're going to look at Nathan McKinnon and company, and uh, they're going to make a comeback. They will beat the Dallas Stars in the current Ooh. round of the NHL playoffs. Down two rip right now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's a nice comeback no if they, they do it. Oh, interesting. They it, it fell happens. apart in game two, man. It happened. Two rip lead and they completely came apart. Write this down. Over to Judd. The Vikings will have fans at their third home game of the season. So they, they announced yesterday that they won a fans for the first two games, which are the uh, Packers and Titans. Their third game is in October against the Falcons. And they will have fans, so I'm not I'm not giving you capacity, okay? But they're going to allow some fans into that third home game of the season. Is that a home run? I don't think it's a home run. And, um, I, and I just made the prediction at the, at the time of this prediction. I don't know that it's a home run. Okay, I feel it's like so far off still because they they go after they play the Titans, they go on the road for two more games. I think if it was going to be quicker, it might be. Plus, okay. like his prediction counts if they literally let in like five thousand fan. fans or or a or, fan, a fan. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to make a comment, but I'm yeah, not that's a count. Let's, let's stop that. <laughs> Over to. All right, over to Declan. All right, I need some singles right, I'll here. I'll say it. Paul Allen gets into the stadium, yeah, so yeah. that counts. Oh, that counts. why? Why? Yeah. Why would I you love do that? P and I are friends. We're friends. Oh, um, write this down. All right. Wow. He would laugh at it. All right, I need a. I need my Ben Revere Juan Pierce single right here. Miguel Sano will strike out 10 times between now and next week's Write That Down. I need a very much a single. I need a hit. 
Miguel what? Sano will strike out 10 times between now and next week's Write That Down. Okay. So he's going to, well, actually, he's going to strike out almost twice per game. I mean, it's, it's probably going to happen. There's but. seven games between now and Write That Down. You know, Write That Down karma can be a you know what sometimes. Exactly. And I hope it's You nine. are tracking pitches, and I like it. That's, thank you. You're trying Write to get on track. I, I don't know. Fine. I hate to, I, I don't want to stoop. I'm not going to stoop. You don't like it. All right. I'll make a. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go with my Wolves prediction, so I can be the first one here. Write this down. The Timberwolves will trade the number one pick. They will trade the number one pick. Okay. Whether that's trading back and swapping for like the fourth, or trading it for Bradley Beal or something, they will trade the number one. So pick. you're not. Gi- you're not go- going to give particulars at this time. Not you're yet. just going to give us some. I'll probably build off it in future. At that. I, it's fine with me. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Over to Andy. So the Vancouver Canucks will not only beat the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the current season, but will win the Western Conference Finals and make it to the Stanley Cup Final. Ooh, oh, wow. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that, man. Ooh. They're Write pretty damn down. good. They're young. They're fun. Brian, your second prediction. So back to the Twins. Uh, I had another one teed up that I was saved from. My, my ride or die with the Twins is Byron Buxton, and I was going to roll with uh, Buxton not – Ending up on the IL, but we're too late on that. But here so. we are. Yep, <laughs> you're very fortunate. Are, he beat you to it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, we're going to go the pitching route, and we're going to look at Kenta Maeda, and he is going to finish top three in the Cy Young voting. I, I have a little bit of concern. A little bit of concern with his uh, pitch count from the near no hitter, but five innings, eighty three pitches. He looks sharp. Top three Cy Young. Like he it. is nasty, man. He's nasty. I think when that trade went down, a lot of people just looked and said, well, wait a second. He's in the bullpen for the Dodgers, and he only pitches 150 innings. Like, yeah, I mean, those two things are true, but he's he's filthy. And he's ex- and in 2020, you don't really – like, the guys who go 200 innings are almost becoming dinosaurs now. Mm-hmm. It's just not as much don't of a thing. tell Jack Morris down. that. <laughs> Jack Morris, didn't he go 300 one season? Yeah, and you know Something what? Like Write it down. You like writing All things down. All complete games, okay? And I'm sure in the and eighth he drank inning, Budweiser after every yeah. one of them. And I'm sure him throwing his 140th pitch fourth time through the order to, like, the Blue Jays in the 80s <laughs> was just as effective as if they were to bring in a lights-out reliever. Right. But I digress. Jack Morris, 10-8 and eight with a 3.28 ERA on the season in 16 starts. 16 <laughs> games as well, 28 and two-thirds. Oh, I'm sorry, what's up? Uh, I was I was texting you guys last night. Man, it seems like Oliver Perez has been in the big leagues for a really long time. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, Burt can tell me it when Oliver perfect. Perez came into the big leagues. And ten seconds later, God, Oliver Perez drafted by the Padres in nineteen ninety nine. It was great. Uh, all right, over to Judd. Okay, so uh, write that down. So Cleveland is going to start Clevenger tonight against the Twins. We know that for a fact. But you can write this down. Mike Clevenger will be traded to the Yankees by the Major League Baseball trade deadline Monday. Mike Clevenger is going to be dealt. In fact, I think Cleveland's starting him to attempt to showcase him a little bit here. Mm. They they can find pitching. They desperately have to get bats. And this guy, clearly there's something off about him. Mike Clevenger will start tonight, but then be traded by the deadline to the Bronx Bombers. How bad does Clevenger want to get out of the clubhouse that banned him? Now, it's his, his doing, by the way, but I'm sure yeah. there's some bad blood there. He's basically pitching for his ticket out of town tonight. Yes, he, he, cool might, with, he might throw a no-hitter tonight. Is he cool with cutting that hair if he goes to New York? Does he have to cut the hair? I feel like he does. I think you're right, Dex. I don't know if he's going to be cool with so that. That is so stupid, by the way. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Can't stand it. And, and why don't some of these guys, like like Garrett Cole shaved his face, right? Yeah. Yep, if you're shaving. Garrett Cole, you say, all right, I'm about to. I'm the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, you're right. I'm setting strikeout records. I'm not shaving. And I'm going to have a beard. And if you guys don't 
like that, then I will sign somewhere else. It's ridiculous. It's 2020. Write this down. Declan. All right. uh, Daniil Hunter will return to padded practice in this month of August. So there's five more days left. (laughs) You'll return to padded practice. He hasn't practiced yet. I don't, my singles. I, I don't know if I like what Write That Down has become. I feel like I'm the, I'm the old school guy who's just like you know swinging Hold for on, doubles wait, wait, and home runs. Hold on, wait, wait, don't say. I'm doing the same thing. It's Declan who has turned. Th- I this is, need my do you hits. know what you are, Declan? Yeah, you are the Jacques Lemaire of That's Write trap, That Down. Game, you are the left wing bleeping lock, making <laughs> this game. boring. Poor people call in here to give home run predictions, and That's you're fine. like, I'm predicting the Vikings will practice on grass before the end of the month. Check down, Declan over That's here. That's right. It's ridiculous. It works. Write this down. All right. So I had a Clevenger prediction too. My Clevenger prediction was. That, he, that this would be his last start for Cleveland in 2020. Yeah, I one up it now. Um, all right. Write this down. I'm going to say that the Twins will... That, that Clevenger is inspired to pitch great tonight because he probably wants to just get out of Cleveland for a million reasons. So I'm going to say even though he is inspired to pitch great, it's a parlay. The Twins will beat Clevenger tonight, or they will beat, also they'll beat Cleveland tonight. Just so, you know, it doesn't matter if Clevenger gets the up. Oh, it's so close to paint yourself a They'll beat Cleveland tonight, yep. and this will be Clevenger's last start for the Indians in 2020. So give me that parlay. Write this down. It's Write a home down. run if that happens. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Yeah. If both those things happen, it's a home run. Yeah. Uh, over to Andy, your final prediction. So this is a Judd prediction, but nice. I don't think he has to leave the room because I doubt he remembers what guest predictors predict <laughs> after the segment. You never know, Andy. <laughs> So after the trade deadline, Judd will pen a classic Zolgad colon article on Score North, ripping the Twins for giving up too much at the deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Write this down. And you know what? He'll do it with glee. If they do, you will not stop me. What you said will not stop me. Wow. If they give up too much, I will rip them. Wow. Especially in this year. Judd cares more about front office accountability than he cares about yeah. his own write that down batting average. It's amazing. Right. Uh, so, Andy, since you and have. He's right, he might be right. You've got this gigantic, massive platform right now. Is there anyone you'd like to thank in your life that got you to this point? Well, I've been working in public health for several years, and the last six months have been really rough. So, I just wanted to thank uh, you guys for providing an outlet um, for, you know, to get away from the response for for minutes at a time. And then I also just wanted to give a shout out to Dave Harrigan, former producer for helping get this segment going in the first place. Dave Harrigan, uh, mastermind of, of a lot of our favorite bits. And Andy, it is a little bit troubling that during a pandemic year and, and, and all the rough things probably happening in your life that you turn to Minnesota sports for uh, a good news reprieve, but that shows you how bad 2020 (laughs) has been that you had actually turned to sports in this town. Yeah. Thanks Andy. All right. See you Andy. All right, Brian, write this down. Your final prediction. For the final prediction, we're heading down to Orlando for the NBA bubble. Write this down. The Toronto Raptors will represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. And that would be amazing. That'd be fun. Because Good for them to lose one of the greatest players of this generation and to maybe even get a little bit better is is pretty crazy. So I would, I would agree. Feels like they've got that vibe. Yeah, they are. That vibe going. They're kind of the new San Antonio Spurs, where they just have a great system and really well coached. Yes. Like that. So, Brian, since you have this platform, this gigantic platform, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank for getting you to this point? All right, uh, I want to give a shout out to my good buddy Jeff. Uh, we used to talk for several years, friend of the show, Jason Stark, when he would do his weekly trivia on Mike and Mike in the morning. 
we'd uh, trade back and forth our answers on the trivia and just a lot of a lot of chitter chatter that way so good morning to you sir and uh a thank you to all of you guys for having me on here this morning as well right on brian thank you. thanks for taking your swings man thanks appreciate all right, it we'll talk to uh talk to you later and we'll make one final trip around here. John Write Zogan. it down. You like writing things down. All right. My final write that down of this week. B.C. Johnson will lead the Vikings wide receivers, Declan, in touchdown receptions this season. Ooh. So so not, wide not across the so I'm not so, talking about tight ends, Irv Smith. Okay. I'm talking about the wide receiver group. B.C. Johnson is going to lead them in touchdowns in 2020. All right. Okay. Dex, I like Write that. this down. Uh, my guy, it's uh, another golf prediction. Uh, Justin Thomas. My guy will shoot uh, 10 under at the BMW Championship this weekend. Justin Thomas, JT, 10 under, BMW right. Championship. <laughs> JT. My Write guy. this down. Cool. And not J-Day, by the way. Not J-Day. That's my guy, but not. Don't no, confuse no, JT no, no, with no. J-Day. They're my boy, but yeah. nope, JT. And uh, write this down. The Twins will trade for a pitcher of some kind before the trade deadline. The okay. Twins will trade for a pitcher of some kind <laughs> So he's going to be Before living, breathing. There's going to be a pulse in, in yeah. play. I like the Matt Barnes idea. Just, just keep. Adding, he's going to have an arm. Adding strikeout guys. He's going to have an arm attached to his body. Yeah. Like the more you remember when the Yankees beat the Twins in was it was it in 2017? It was the play-in game. It was the wild card game. Yeah. And and the Twins knocked Luis Severino out yeah, after like early. 20 minutes. Yep. It was like holy cow. I was very excited. Now, now they get the Yankees bullpen. Don't be. The Yankees can't possibly have that many great relievers, no, can they? No, they, they were. They better. had an eight inning bullpen bridge of lights out strikeout yes, artists. Yes, they did, sir. So, write this down. <laughs> write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, we've been informed that Patrick Royce wants to add a write that down prediction to the. To the write theater. it down. Write it down. The winning score in the BMW Championship will be lower than the winning score <laughs> oh, in last on. week's Northern Trust. That, write that, that down. That's a Declan Goff prediction. That's not even a sacrifice bunt. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, actually, a what kid- a joke that was, wasn't it? God Almighty, why didn't they play it at Fountain Valley out in Farmington, <laughs> for God's sake? Okay, Judd and Declan, will, Shamrock. You, will, will you indulge Pat and I and allow us to talk golf for like I saw your minutes? tweets yeah, about I, this. I like golf. Okay. I have no problem talking Dude, golf. Dude, golf is so fun right now, Pat. This is the most fun because you, you still have sort of once in a while Tiger is still around and, and grabs the interest, but like the non-Tiger crop of golfers is so much fun to watch right now. Am I wrong? Are you having yeah, fun well, watching? Well, here's not last week because it was ridiculous. The, the fun of golf is not to see these guys throw misery, but to see the possibility that if somebody screws up, he can make double bogey, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, and that was the trouble with TPC Twin Cities until they tricked it up a little bit. When the seniors were there, everybody came, hit it down the fairway, hit it on the green, and either made their birdie putt or didn't. There was, uh, you got to have some adventure in it, right? And that's, uh, that's the, was the problem last week. And they should, they're supposed to go back there in two years. They better dig themselves some ditches before that, <laughs> yeah. you know, do something. I mean, they have all those great courses out in the East. Liberty, they've had it at Liberty. They've had it, uh, you know, at a bunch of those New York courses. And why they decided to go up to this cow pasture and let them shoot 30 under. It's uh, Cow it, pasture. The big, the big news from the week, though, is Phil Mickelson turned 50 a couple uh, months ago. And he's, he's been priming his game for two months for his Champions Tour debut. He comes out and shoots 60-64 the first yes, two days yeah, of this he's tournament. Like four ahead already, right? Yes. You think Hollis is down on his knees begging him to show up in Sioux Falls? I don't think he'll get him because uh, he's he's uh, you know he got the made two of the majors coming up here, and he's got the U.S. Open 
uh, where he's trying to get in shape for. Although I don't, th- do you think sixty sixty four gets you in shape for a U.S. Open golf course? I don't think so. Probably not. No, no you're probably gonna, not. Not quite the difficulty, but supposedly Hollis's tournament in Sioux Falls in the second week of September is the first one they're going to let fans in for. Okay, so. here's a question. So I've been I've been listening to the No Laying Up podcast, which is incredible. Declan's nodding his head. Yep, and it's just like four, four or five young golf fans who just built this huge podcast and just like spend an hour and a half breaking down all the tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they posed a question, would you rather have Brooks Kepka's career to this point, four majors but only like seven tour wins, or Dustin Johnson's career to this point who has like 22 wins well, I'll be and Dustin one Johnson major. all day long. Yeah, I think I'd take Dustin Johnson. Yeah. He's only got the one major, though. He's got, the, right? he's got more money. Paulina Gretzky's involved. Yeah, he's got, he's got Wayne as yeah. a father-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. I think Wayne's a pain in the ass. He's always, <laughs> he's always lecturing him. He's asking like Pauline is like still 18. As know, long as he tells me stories, Pat, uh, yeah. about the Oilers days, I don't care what Wayne yeah, does to be a pain in the ass. That's true. Tell me about I, that time coffee I'd passed the puck. DJ, and I take DJ. You know, I think DJ's a... Pretty decent guy. He had a little cocaine problem, but what the yeah, hell? We all did. Yeah, and uh, sports. We all. Some of us wish we did, but we never did. But uh, anyway, <laughs> do you know how thin you you could be right now right. if you had, had a coke problem? That's right. That's right. You'd be in great shape, Keith yeah. Richards. Like, get me a little some greenies and coke, and let's go here. We'll get we'll get rid of our poundage, our pandemic. Poundage you'd be one sixty two and playing guitar. <laughs> yes, I'd look like Rich Hill pitching the first inning last night. What the hell was that? He would look like he was. Uh, he was unbelievable. But anyway, back to golf. Uh, I guess DJ probably because I think Kepka's kind of a jerk, don't you? I mean, what's I he too. shooting off yeah. his mouth for? Yeah, the, uh, just to steal another another anecdote from the No Laying Up guys, they basically said Kepka's like the guy that, like, he wants you to know that he totally could have played a different sport, but he's just like, you know, he's playing yeah. golf. Oh, you know. Right, right. But yeah. the thing about, Phil, this happens all the time. Look at Duvall. For 18 months... Duvall was the best player in the world. Yes. Yeah. And for 18 months, Kepka was the best player in the world, but that's his 18 months. Jordan Spieth for two years was the best yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, right. And that, I thought, was sustainable, didn't you? But I guess he can't hit it far enough. The key <laughs> the key is, boys, don't get in too good a shape. Yeah. Duvall got in unbelievable shape. Kepka too good a shape. Be a little bit fat. Duvall married the gal with six kids or something. I think that screwed up his head. But uh, he's uh, he was a weird dude. <laughs> He's not bad on TV, by the way, Duvall. He's, okay. he's, he's bland. I mean, he's low-key, but he says good stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, DJ's got a career here. I mean, he's gonna he's got, what, 10 more years left? Yeah. That he'll, he'll end up winning 40 tournaments, probably. But he, just think all the ones he's kicked away already. He's, he's kicked away 10 of them. Yeah, his first one was the, well, he kind of got screwed 10 years ago at Whistling Straits. But. Hits it in a pile of dirt, and they tell him it's a trap. Three-putting in Seattle a few years back on the, on the 18th mm-hmm. was from 12 feet. That was kind of a... Well, Such and I actually talked about this yesterday, but a friend of mine always said Ernie Els' great advantage was he had an uncluttered mind. There weren't a lot of thoughts going on in there. Yeah. And I think DJ has the same same uh, same which allows you to forget you shot 80 at the 3M Open and went home. So being know? stupid helps out is what <laughs> you're next, saying. No, I'm just saying not having deep <laughs> thoughts. He doesn't he doesn't read a 
Mishner book on the way to the <laughs> golf tournament or something and try to learn 800 pages on Hawaii or something. He doesn't care about that stuff, I don't think. I feel like we should talk golf every day on the show. <laughs> I'm just, I've watched more golf in the last two years than I've watched. In well, life. you know, I hadn't watched hardly any, even when it came back, but now the last three, four weeks I've been watching again. And, uh, Last week it was, I guess, somewhat fascinating. But uh, the PGA Championship, you know, that was a tough, rugged golf course. And this kid still shot, what, 17 under or yeah. something like that? I mean, they're so damn good. It's Now, Tiger Tiger brought up a good point about, he, you know, he basically said, I think this was earlier this week because he's, he's playing back-to-back playoff events here. And he said, for 20 years, I have basically gotten used to and have built the strength up of being able to block out 25,000 fans wrapped around a hole. Yeah. And now we're out here playing that was major an tournaments. Advantage. Yeah. 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 And it's like these guys, a lot of these guys, you look at the top of the PGA championship and there's, there's dudes who are playing in their first summer of majors, even Morikawa, and they're not dealing with 15,000 fans staring at them on every single hole. And or the yelling that stupid that brings. things. Yeah. Well, let's face it, Phil, though. When this kid started, he was hitting at places that nobody ever imagined. Tiger, you're talking I about? Was at the, I was at the... Ryder Cup in uh, Valderrama, Spain. I don't know how the hell I ever talked the paper into that one. But uh, (laughs) from 290 to 310 yards in the middle of the fairway, Sebi had them grow rough. (laughs) (laughs) So Tiger would have to hit it 285, right? Yeah. Because back then, 300 was was unheard of you know i mean it, it he was hitting it there but he was hitting it from 25 yards closer than everybody else now he's hitting it from 20 yards farther away than quite a few and of the them. problem now is it's not about making courses longer it's like well bryson can hit the ball no. 350 yards it's about more dog legs it's about more challenging greens it's about when strategy. you miss the fairway and yes. when I'm not only miss the fairway when you miss the middle two-thirds of the fairway the ball then runs off down into the grass, either right or left. You have to hit. They the fairway's got to be crowned and the rough's got to be substantial. So not only do you have to hit that, you, you want to hit it three fifty, okay, pal. But uh, if you don't hit it uh, in the knob in the middle twenty yards, you're going to end up down in the grass someplace. And that grass has got to be substantial too. So anyway. there it is. That's, that's right. a lot of Mackey golf breaking yeah. down that's golf good. right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, okay, back to Rich Hill. Watching the first inning last night, I wanted him to be hospitalized. What the hell was these big wind-ups and kicks? And <laughs> the gr- the grunts kept coming, he, Pat. Yeah, he grunted the whole game. And he was like, <sighs> I was saying, this guy's got no chance to go two innings. And then he was pretty good after that. But I think they must have given him a sedative after the first inning. Well, he something. just kept on grunting, though. My a God. Or something. But he pitched pretty good. They got to feel good about that. You know, I mean, he's, you know, Cleveland doesn't have the greatest lineup. But he, you know, he threw pretty good. I thought. Yeah, he threw fi- He threw and, five. And that, that's and, it, by the way. 80 pitches. 75, yes. 80 pitches. He's going they, five. And, Pat, I'm telling you, they are not concerned about what he does in in these games. This is all their buildup to getting him to October. Yeah, but I think they realize they need. Uh, they know, need to pitch they, him they, some, they but need. they're not. But but they, they don't go into Rich Hill start saying, we, we need to win this game. They go into Rich Hill start saying, I how's think, Rich Hill going to pitch? I think pitch? they want to make sure, despite the fact there's no probably going to be no fans and we might actually end up in a bubble, I still think they want to be the home team for three games. They want to finish in the top four. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, so. 
They don't want to get on a plane. They, and they fly were not. Out to they were not concerned last night about actually trying to win th- that game as much as they were making sure that Rich Hill pitched pretty well and got out of there at the right time in their mind. I hate to bring up a caution, guys, but uh, when I was getting my scouting reports on Evan Grant from for, uh, from Evan Grant in Texas, and then from uh, guys in Seattle who covered him, Dutton, uh, who yeah. loved him. Yep. But Dutton said he can look like the wor- Nelson Cruz could look like the worst hitter you ever saw for ten days, and you say, "Is he done?" And then boom, boom, boom. And then for two weeks, he's a machine. He has been. Mixed in with that home run he hit the other night to win the ball game, he has been doing some serious waving at breaking pitches. Yeah. I mean, Bieber last night, his first at bat, he didn't come within it. Nope. The, the estimated distance of those pitches total from his bat were five feet. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, we were talking off the top of the show, Pat. So so Bieber last night, the, the Twins got to Bieber last night. Yeah, the twins got to Bieber, two guys. Yeah. and getting to Bieber is he goes six innings and strikes out ten and gives up a couple of runs. Like yes. that's getting to Bieber. Yeah, and the only reason you got to him is he walked a couple of guys. Yep. And uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty good stuff. And now you get uh, now you get a uh, resolved uh, uh, Clevenger tonight. So uh, Clevenger's going to be pitching his ass off to try and get traded. Though. And he might be traded. Yeah. He's you're got inspiration. Right, yep. You're right, though, Phil. Uh, maybe last night was the big, not two nights ago, might have been the biggest win of the season, considering you have to face those two guys the last two games here. What, so, hey, what, what did, did your spies tell you about uh, Duffy? I, I saw you tweeted this out they after said, the game. They said he was fine. It was matchups. I don't know. Oh, they said he's fine. He's ready. I'm nervous, Pat. And then he didn't pitch last night either, but he didn't, you know, because they, they were behind, so. I'm okay with them not using him last night. Yeah, I am too. I, I just want to see him. They said he's fine. Okay, I just want to see him. Alcala, El- Alcala, whatever the hell his name is. Why isn't he Alcala like every other? We got <laughs> we got a real problem with these Hispanic guys, right? All of a sudden, we spent our... You know, when Zorlo Versalles came up here, came here as a rookie, we all call him Versalis, right? Because yeah. yeah. we didn't know any yeah, if Hispanic. You're from, if you're from Fulda, yeah, it's yeah. Versalis. Hey, hey, Versalis. And then finally, about halfway through the year, somebody, Herbie, not Herbie Carneal or whoever was on the air, told us, it's Versalis. Okay. So he taught us that lesson, right? Yep. So you got to watch these pronunciations for these uh, uh, Hispanic fellas from uh, Cuba. And back then they were all from Cuba. Says right? the guy whose last name is Royce, by yes, the way. Yes. Uh, having but, Jorge try but to pronounce what I'm that. saying to you is yeah. now we got the center fielder in, Chica- in Chicago who's one of the great young players of all time, who wants to be Robert instead of Robert. And he should I, actually change I, I, it. I, Robert I, is better. I don't I don't approve of that. And now uh, Alcala, right? Isn't it going to be Alcala? I believe, I believe the, yeah, Al, I think the, the second part, of the second syllable would Jorge be, Alcala, yeah. would be uh, But you're accented. right. You're right. It should be Robert. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I like right. that one much more. It's much sexier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, Pat, we, uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday, and people can find your Royce Unchained podcast as well. And yeah. I'm about to do a baseball one with uh, Mr. Reavers, so that'll be posted up a little bit uh, uh, today, too. If he, if he, if twin show. If, yep. he and, uh, if he and Joe are done salivating about the wonders of the Republican convention yet. so okay. Very exciting. We'll break yeah. that down in a special oh, yeah. episode. We're going to be talking all about episode that. Episode on Mackie Some and great Johnny. speeches. Super exciting. Speaking oh. of cocaine. Yes, yeah. wonderful. All right. All right, see you, Pat. All right, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget, Action Movie Rewind this Friday. 
Karate Kid. I got to watch Judd's it today. Judd's first viewing in 30 I'm, years. I'm going to watch it today. Wax on. Wax off. Before some hockey. <laughs>